sweet surrender. Yes, dear. Good job. We'll try to get this going correctly. How are we doing back there? Beep. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Well, and first of all, I, we want to say it is so good to be with you here today. It is always good being in God's house with God's people, isn't it? Mm. And I, and I, I wa also want to praise you for something else. We don't get a chance to do this uh, very often, and uh, neither did Paul, the apostle. But I want you guys to know that your name is known all the way down the West Coast. From Texas all the way up to Washington. Everywhere we've been, we have heard good things about this church here in John Day. Now, I'm, I want to be careful because I don't want the pastor's head to get too big. but Or great. <laughs> and so, but we, we just want, and we want you to know we saved the best for last. Because uh, yeah, we'll, this is the last church we'll be speaking at. And uh, on the 30th, we'll be heading back to Poland. Now, as uh, many of you probably already know, we are in coffee shop ministries that the Nazarene Church has started uh, just recently in the past three, uh, four years. And so I have a question for you. What does coffee have to do with Christ? Now you can answer. Yes, please. Yeah, you seem you. like a very verbal group and like to talk. So what does coffee have to do with Christ? Conversations, okay. Friendship. Friendship. What's that? Stimulation. That's Simulation. What else do I hear over here? A common Stimulation. meeting place. Okay. Good responses. Well, lots of thank you very much. Very good. But I think you missed one, though. Yeah, really. Oh. <laughs> the 11th commandment. Thou shalt drink coffee. <laughs> now, how many of you obey the 11th commandment? See? Man! <laughs> You're all a bunch of druggies. <laughs> Pastor, I, I'm sorry. I mean, you got a lot of work here, don't you? But, you know, because i tell you the truth, I hate coffee. And you're like, and you're in coffee shop ministries? But that's the point. It's not about the coffee. It's about the people. And it's about building relationships. It's about the meeting place. It's about getting together with people who don't know God and sharing the love of God with them. That's what it's about. So I would usually have a hot chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> Just a big kid. Sorry. <laughs> so, so we call our ministry Coffee Conversation in Christ. Because it is through that medium of coffee that we can sit down with people, um, build relationship, have conversation, and earn the right to share the gospel. It's not like it used to be. When I was growing up, and many of you I can tell, there's a few gray-haired people here. Uh-oh, God was speaking to me. Yeah, you shouldn't say that, Rob. <laughs> but, <laughs> and so, and so it, people do not just come to church anymore. They, they do not just walk through your door. The, num the, number, uh, the number one, two ways of... Um, people coming to Christ is through personal relationship and small groups. And so 
We are trying to build a place where people can come in, we can build personal relationships with them, and we can earn the right to share the gospel with them. So. But before we tell you about Coffee Shop Ministry, we'll tell you a little bit about ourselves. We'll try to keep it brief. He can be long-winded because he's a pastor, and I can be long-winded because I'm a teacher. So, you gotta <laughs> But um, the journey God's brought us on has been kind of a long and interesting one. So I'm from Washington State. Anyone else here? No? Okay. Well, I'm from yeah, Western Washington, and I grew up in the Nazarene Church. And as a little girl, I was always interested in ministry. And every time, Africa was the country that they were always talking about then. And every time I heard a story, my heart felt a little tingle like, and I thought, maybe one day that will be me. So I always felt a calling to the ministry, and I read all the books about Africa that I could. Um, But I had an older sister, so she was two years older than me. So I followed her off to NMC, where I got my bachelor's in teaching um, elementary education. And I loved traveling, so I immediately went off overseas. And the first country I taught in was Almaty, Kazakhstan. And while I was teaching there, I met a girl named Wendy, and we became really good friends. And we sat down together one day and said, if we could go into full-time ministry together, what would a good ministry be? Well, we sat down, we were jotting down some notes on a napkin, and we both are female, so we like to talk quite a bit. We like to drink coffee, and um, we, we brainstormed actually coffee shop ministry, and this was probably 1999. Um, but the years passed, and it just didn't work out, and our paths didn't cross anymore. They kind of went like this, and I continued teaching overseas, but I continued to feel a a pull to full-time ministry because as I was teaching, I did get involved with the mission groups that I saw wherever I was, but apparently not enough time has passed yet, so. Well, I grew up in the state of Maine. In case you didn't realize where that accent comes from, it's from the northeast in Maine. Now, I know many of you think you don't have an accent, but that's not completely true. (laughs) And so so I, I grew up there in uh, the backwoods of Maine. And at an early age, God called me into ministry. I was about 13, and, and but I never followed up on it. I never went to the pastor. I, I never really um, went and, and checked with him and talked with him about it. And so I just kind of lived around the United States, traveled here and there all through the United States, just doing my own thing, mostly con- uh, construction and building, high-rise building and stuff like that. But finally... To uh, circumstances that we don't have time to talk about here today, uh, that I did talk about in the um, adult class, God convinced me that I needed to go into ministry and follow him there. And it was during that time uh, that I found my beautiful wife here at NNU, now NNC. Opposite. NNC. Oh, NNC, now NNU. Yes, thank you. We're older. Yeah. (laughs) Don't be picking on me. And so... And but and and so I have a question for you here today. Do you think it's right for a woman to make a man wait 16 years to marry him? <laughs> we that's just wrong. Well, we weren't dating 16 years. We were just friends. Oh, that's what she says. <laughs> because I was doing all the chasing. <laughs> anyway, carry on, carry on. <laughs> and so and so, but um, we uh, I I decided or God took me to seminary and uh, went to seminary. And while I was at seminary, I did a lot of um, traveling with the First Church of the Nazarene. And we went, uh, I think I went 13, I think about 13 short-term mission trips. And as I was in those short-term mission trips, God was speaking to me. And I knew that at some point, God was going to be calling me to the mission field. Beforehand, I went and passed it for several years, but I knew at some point, and then that's when 
she finally gave in after 16 years. Yeah, we're slow movers. So after 16 years, we got back together again and dun, 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 got married. But um, so it was approximately 10 to 11 years after the brainstorming on the napkin that um, coffee shop ministries opened for me. So, but before I get ahead of myself, we did go teach. I did go teach in the country of Georgia. And when we were in the country of Georgia, we were teaching. There were no Nazarene missionaries there at the time. So Dave was working with other mission groups. But we contacted Bob Skinner, who we hear you know. And he was in the Ukraine at the time, and he stopped by to see us because Georgia was under that region. And he said, um, we were kind of brainstorming things we could do in Georgia, but he said to us, do you know that the Church of the Nazarene has coffee shop ministry in Poland? I was very excited. I did not know that. So Dave and I, at our next convenient holiday, which was Easter, we went to Poznan, Poland, and we met Rhonda and Ev Tustin, and they were doing coffee shop ministry. So we talked to them about it, and they said, you know, coffee shop ministry is working really well in Poland, so we could use your help. So um, we really prayed about it, and we felt that God was calling us to Poland to work in coffee shop ministry. Um, where we went was Poznan, and you see the circle. That's where their first shop opened, where they opened their first shop. Um, but while before we talk about Poland, I'll just briefly say one thing about ministry. Just it seems though sometimes we change, have to change your mind shift. Even I, growing up, when I thought about ministry, I thought about Africa. So I thought about compassionate ministries, which the Nazarene Church does well. But when we think about Poland, they actually have one of the better economies in the EU. So we're not really going into Poznan to do compassionate ministries. We're not meeting basic needs. We're not meeting physical needs or financial needs, but spiritual needs that they might even know that they have. Because it's not about works. It's not about how much we can do. So it's about spiritual needs and, you know, meeting Jesus Christ. So it's kind of a little bit of a different take on things, but um, we do try to do some different things in the community as far as compassionate ministries go. But first and foremost, it's about spiritual needs in, in Poland. So why Poland, you might ask, if they have such a great economy? And, and they do. They're, they're like the top, um, oh. or second top, as far as their economy goes. And so why, why? You would say, then why? Because we do do compassion ministry. We do a great job. Well, as we studied and we looked and we further, after meeting Rhonda and Ab, and we, we looked into it further, do you realize that Poland only has three-tenths of one percent of the people have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Three-tenths of one percent. Talk about a need. To hear about the gospel and the love of Jesus Christ. I mean, and that just blew us away. And of course, we all know the scriptures, Matthew 29, 18. Um, 29, 19. 28, 19. Boy, I'm missing it today. Uh, 28, 19. That we are to go into all the world and share the gospel. That And, and, and think about that. God has called us to Poland. And he's given us a heart for the Polish people. When we went and visited Ev and Rhonda, um, he just gave us that heart and put that burn in us for that people. But that call is not just for Poland. The call is for everywhere. That call is to go and make disciples. So as we were um, with Rhonda and Ev and he gave us a heart for Poland, we, we we looked up and we saw and we, we could see the need that only three-tenths of one percent but we also, there was something else that was put on our heart. And that was time. Time is running out. We only need to look around our country, the world, and our culture today. And, and even the, 
the natural disasters that go on. Now, the Northeast just got blasted with Sandy. Can you ever wonder why they named those big one females' names? Yeah. I'm like, whoa! Yeah, yeah. I, after I got married, I realized. <laughs> hey, every other one has a male name. Thank you very much. Yeah, but the big ones are the females. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and so, so, and it called us to Poland and giving us a heart, but time is running out. Mm. And only three tenths of one percent. And, and so God has put that burn on our heart for the culture and the Polish people to go and to share with them the love of Christ. So how is it that a holiness church goes into a culture that is 90 to 95 percent Roman Catholic and share the gospel, share the holiness message? When they think any other, the Roman Catholics there think that any other denomination is a sect. So how how is it? Coffee. Yeah. Kind of simple, isn't it? <laughs> but actually, we think it's a brilliant idea because we get to go into that culture, and the last thing we want to do is slap them over the head and say, "Hey, if you don't straighten up, you're going to hell." <laughs> okay, that's not going to work. And so we we've gone in there, and Rhonda and Em Tustin started it. They've done a great job. It's a brilliant idea. And we've come along to help uh, do some more work in it. That we can go and non-confrontational speak with them and share the love of Christ with them. So here's a little. We have a little video here we'd like you to watch. You might have to click it twice. No. no. Let's see if we can get it playing. So you can see a little bit. You want to help us up there? We need help. Yeah, so much for practice. But that's all. What, what you'll have here is you'll have a, a, a shot a shot of the coffee. Why don't you talk about Well, yeah, even though he doesn't like coffee, he sees the brand new chocolate latte every time he came in. But no, for us, and for me especially, I think coffee shop ministry is just a great idea because it's basically about developing relationships with people. It's friendship evangelism. And that's what we've been doing the last year. And it's been working out really well. Even I speak Polish, it's mediocre. But um, we do have some regulars that come into the shop now that we know, and they come in quite often. And the coffee shop, the video will show you if the video comes up. Um, the coffee shop is, Rhonda was an interior decorator, so it's, it was kind of easy for her. But we have three distinct rooms in the shop, and they're all decorated beautifully with comfy couches, and we have artwork. Um, and three distinct rooms with just different feeling to each, but just a really great atmosphere where people come in, and if they haven't been to the shop before, they say, wow, we didn't even know you guys were here. We love it. And they usually come back, and, uh, you know, they just sit down praying there.
so you can see it's a really cozy place with three distinct different rooms. Um, the third room is a really nice eggplant purple, and you saw in this video there were antique artwork. Actually, Rhonda would go to the markets and get antiques. Um, and there's another picture you'll see here of one of the ladies, Ola's mother. You saw Ola. Ola's mother attends our church services, and she's also an artist. So we are currently, and in this picture, I think we're displaying some of her artwork, which is for sale, and it's quite beautiful. But we'll try to get our video back here, or not a video, but a PowerPoint. The second room actually ha it's decorated with different swatches of um, wallpaper, and on the ceiling, Rhonda has hot glued plates, which the Polish people find very interesting. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so you see it is a cozy, peaceful, inviting place, the coffee shop, and we just love working there. Um, but it's also our sanctuary where we worship, praise, and learn uh, more about God. So it's the third room in which we meet, which is this room right here. Um, and so you can see the these are some of her art pieces. And this is an example when it's actually our sanctuary, not a coffee shop. So, If you look into the, the corner there, the corner of the room, you see um, three children, the Kazakh family, now, they are 14, 11, and 8. Now, these kids are very accomplished uh, musicians. <laughs> and, they, uh, and they play things like Mozart, Chopin. I mean, at this young age. And they have a blessing to our, our worship team. And we are so thankful to them. But please be praying for them. We want you to pray for them. Their father is still in Kazakhstan but they really couldn't get the schooling, the music schooling and stuff that they needed, so they, they have come to Poznan, and they are, are such a blessing. And so this is where we have our service, and uh, as you see here with some of the people, and that the girl, you saw her in the video, the blonde girl to the far right, um, she has uh, given her life uh, with Rhonda and Ev. She gave her life, and her mom and her family have come to know the Lord through Rhonda and Ev's ministry, and she is uh, uh, such a help, especially in the coffee shop ministry, uh, to us. And uh, our next slide, you will see our Easter service. We don't have all the people there, but it, it was a beautiful Easter service. We did a short devotional um, about Easter and what that meant, what Christ did for us in the blood, and we shared in communion with each other. And then we um, broke bread and, and we ate a meal together. It was, it was a, a beautiful Sunday service. And at the end of the service, one of the girls, Veronica, came to us and she said, Dave, she goes, I'm not really that religious. I'm not really religious, but I felt something. And I just looked at her and smiled. And I said, well, Veronica, I said, uh, we'll uh, get a chance to talk about that. Yeah, uh, shortly after we came, Veronica had just started working there, I would guess, what, a week before we got there. And as soon as I met Veronica, we had an instant connection. We just really... We really connected, and we liked um, spending time together. Um, and one of the ways we started spending more time together besides working is my husband cheerfully um, volunteered us to work the 7 o'clock shift. And I wasn't too excited about the time, but, you know, all things are good in the end. And, um, no, we used to live right above the shop, so it wasn't that big of a deal. But we did have to get up earlier because we used to open at 1. And he said, well, we'll work. So we started working with a girl named Aga. We would open up the shop, and Veronica started coming in not on her work time, and she started hanging out with us in the morning. And the next thing you know, every day, Veronica's coming into the shop in the morning. It was great. So we're all sitting around the table, even Michaela running around, and we're just getting to know each other, developing a relationship. And then Dave and I had our morning prayer time at 9 a.m. And every once in a while, we would get busy. Well, one morning, Veronica and August said, you guys, you forgot to go do your morning prayer time. It was 9.30, I don't know. 
So Dave and I looked at each other and thought, hey, see, they are kind of noticing. Um, so from time to time, they would ask us to pray for them, and we would say, do you have any prayer requests? And Aga actually asked us to pray a few times, and, and so did Veronica. Um, another time during the morning time, um, I guess I was upstairs with Michaela, but um, Veronica said, I really envy your faith, she said to Dave. So Dave had a chance to share his testimony. Um, and then Veronica has been attending our um, evening worship services from time to time. And she has a Bible because Ola gave her a Bible. So you'll see on the back an example of we have um, New Testaments that are translated into in Polish. So they're in English and Polish. And so she has one of those. And at the service just before we left to come back, Dave asked if anyone had a praise report. And Veronica said, she stood up and she said, well, I know you've been praying. I think it made a difference. I just got into the master's program that I wanted to get into. Because they're college students, most of their prayers involved passing a test or, you know, getting into the classes they wanted. So, so we're really excited because Veronica's really seeking and she's very eager to know more. Like, what are you doing here? Even though she knows, she kind of wants to hear. So, yeah, we definitely are praying a lot for Veronica and um, our continued friendship with her because she, we just really love her. Here's an example of her cooking at one of the girls' nights that I'll be talking about. And this is Mishka. <laughs> Mishka and Veronica are playing with our girl. You can see it wasn't very busy that night. But Mishka also came to the Easter service. She brought her boyfriend and her sister and mom. And she comes to the worship service, not all the time, but occasionally. And so she also, um, we're praying a lot for Mishka. And she does attend the girls' nights. And there's Veronica. And then we have Pavel. Now, Pavel, he, he's a different sort of guy. <laughs> he's a computer geek. We have any computer geeks here? Oh no, some, a couple, no, not really. Well, <laughs> well, Pablo, he is a great guy. He is a nice guy. And so right here, what you see is you see Pablo in our English conversation class, uh, our cooking class, and he is mm -hmm. demonstrating his mother's Polish pancakes. Here. Wearing my apron inside out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so Pablo first come to the shop when he saw our um, chalk art. We put chalk art out on the sidewalks and stuff, pointing to the shop, Dobra Kava, good coffee here, and stuff like that that points to the shop. Now, um, Poznan is 500,000 people. Okay, so it, it's good size. It's, it's not real big, but it's plenty big enough. And But one morning I come down, or and I saw him sitting in the back of one of the rooms, and I went over and I talked with Pavel, started building a relationship, get to know him, and uh, he got, this is when he become, he heard that we had English conversation class, so he become part of our English conversation class. And so as we built relationships with him, and just um, over time, the next thing I know, he was calling up two or three times a week and saying, hey, Dave, I'm close. you mind if I come over? So, oh, come on, Pavel, come on over. And he would come over. And, and we really made a connection with him, and we're really praying for him, because before I left, I said, Pavel, I said, Pavel, when we get back, we're going to study the book of John. And he said, do you think it will change me? I'm like, yeah. I mean, we're in the Word of God. The Word of God changes us, doesn't it? If we're in and we're seeking His face and we're studying His Word, it changes us. And I and I I'm, we're really excited about Pavel because actually he's really interested. He's like a little kid, you know, he's excited about something. And so um, I told him when I get back, and he said, "Okay." 
And also, my love uh, likes to tell a story about. Well, no, another instance. He's come over a lot, actually. He's come over for dinner a lot. And so one night, he told us he was going to a doctor's appointment the next day. And Dave said, Well, let's pray for you right now. And he looked at Dave and he said, Will that make a difference? Like, he's just so sweet and really curious, curious about it. Like, he doesn't know. So, yeah, for us, um, we've really enjoyed getting to know Pavel. And he comes over a lot, which is a well, good thing. So. Definitely be <laughs> praying for him. And like I say, he's a computer geek. He's helped us in the shop when we've yeah. had computer problems. He's got, got it going. Yeah, so. Now it's girls' night. Girls' night is the time when I can officially kick my husband out of the house without, you know, any problems. Amen <laughs> but to no, that. No. Actually, Girls' Night came about, it's, it was a little bit of an interesting story. I don't know if any of you ever have looked out trying to find, you know, something God has for you. You're really seeking, and he's like, it's right there in front of you. Well, this is what happened with Girls' Night. Um, we had been talking with um, the director of a local orphanage, trying to set up a time where we could go teach English and play sporting um, events with the boys, because they're mostly teenage boys there. And he seemed very interested. They had a big gymnasium, but no play equipment. So we, we gathered a bunch of things together. They had a ping pong table, no ping pong equipment. So of course, you know, we gathered some things together, took it over. Thank you, thank you. That was great. Then the next time we contacted him to try to set up another appointment, he said, well, we're really busy. Could you call us back later? So when we called back later, he just he wasn't interested, obviously. So I was so disappointed, you know. So we I started praying, you know, what, what did we do something wrong? What's out there? And I really felt that God was saying, the girls in the shop are your ministry. It really hit me, um, which is kind of funny that it took me so long for God to, you know, hit me over the head with that because we have 11 girls working in the shop and only three are Christians. So... Um, I really started to pray for things to do, and it evolved into Girls' Night, which is a really fun time with just girls. And, and I'm like thankful you kicked me out. Yes. And um, we do all kinds of fun things, you know, pedicures, face masks with cucumbers, henna, art. We cook together, as you saw. Um, Veronica was actually cooking a French dish for, dish for us because she had taken a French cooking class. So we watch movies. We play games in English. So it's just been a really fun time of fellowship, getting to know the girls more than just when you're working a shift with them in the shop. So... And then English club. Um, Asha, the girl you saw in the video, she does English club. So she teaches English classes in the shop. And besides just getting to know the students, because I've been teaching with her, um, because our daughter is so friendly, she goes over to anyone with a child. And we're getting to know the parents as they're waiting in the shop for their student to start a class or one student to finish a class. Michaela goes over. So we're getting to know the parents. So that's working out well, too. But English club started um, and it's really grown last year before Dave and I arrived they did an outreach event which was a 10-week English teaching class that they did for some of the underprivileged kids in the community which went over really well and this next year we hope to do two of them um, the next picture shows we did a children's day as a holiday in Poland so we invited the kids back and we did some fun games in English and we cooked pretzels with them so they could do two or three pretzels uh, whatever they wanted um, and Dave, my husband's gonna sum up the ministry and I'm going to sit down. Good. I get, I get rid of them. But uh, now, and just quickly to go through the ministries that we talked about. First and foremost, the coffee shop ministry is about developing relationships. As I mentioned, if you do not connect with the people and develop relationship with them, you do not earn the right to share the gospel. And so that is what we're trying to do. And as my uh, beautiful wife just said, that... Even in the shop, our ministry has become to the girls that are in the shop and working the coffee shop. And uh, English conversation, that is one of the ways that we do it. Pabao, you saw him there. And also, um, we do some specialized teaching in English. And girls' night, and my wife with the girls. 
and special events. Now, special events could be um, the special music. We have special music in that corner where you saw the piano. We have artists come in and display and talk about their art. We have authors come in and talk about different books that they do. Uh, we have uh, a guy that comes in and he's an actor and does some play acting and stuff. Those events to, to get people into the shop so we can build relationships with them and get to know them and come back and share the gospel. There's one event, and of course you would think that we would have this one. They call it a cupping. Anybody ever heard of a cupping? Basically what it is, it is um, like wine tasting, but it's with coffee. Okay, they have these different types of coffee. They set it up on the table, and then they have these little cups that people can use, and they put it up to the mouth, and they, and they slurp it. Like, I mean, like, come on. Why, why are you slurping coffee? And so they say it spreads through the whole mouth. And then this is the part I understand, though. The next thing they do is they spit it out. I'm like, yeah, I understand that. This stuff is nasty. And so, and so we have uh, all kinds of special events to try and uh, get people into the shop. And, of course, we on Saturday nights at uh, 7 o'clock is that when we have our service. And we have our service and we share the love of God uh, with people. And, of course, we're in a culture that you can't actively um, talk about the service. And so we call it a Bible study because if uh, the Roman Catholic culture... Um, they're not going to say much about Bible study. That, I mean, they think that's a good thing. And so we, we call our, our service a Bible study. And we have one lady that comes into our um, shop that she is uh, Polish, and she's a, a converted uh, Catholic. Now, she goes into the Roman Catholic churches and stuff, and she brings them out, and she brings them to our shop to teach them the book of Ruth or the book of Esther. And, and to teach that that type of stuff. And so that that is a blessing, of course. And teaching is one of the things I love to do. But one of the favorite teachings I love to do is teach people how to share their new faith. Because if they don't know how to share their faith, because young Christians are so excited and, and, and they want to tell their friends. And, and so the things that we need to do is to help them understand the best way to share that faith. And uh, Ola, when I get back, she was the one, the blonde-haired girl I mentioned earlier in the back corner, that she got saved through Evan Ronda as a young Christian. And when I get back, we're going to sit down and we're going to go over how to share her personal testimony with people. And so we'll be doing that. And I love teaching that. And, of course, Bible studies. We talked about that. We have, we have uh, even another church. There's one other church in Poznan besides us, and, and that is the Pentecostal church. But they've been there for 20 years, and we've been there for four. But they come in, and we open our doors to them, and they come in and do Bible studies in the shop, and that is a, a great attraction. In that video, actually, some were coming in from behind, if you knew them. But everything has to be, there's a lot more going on, but we can only talk about so much. Everything has to be saturated in prayer. Prayer, prayer, prayer. If it's not saturated in prayer, then it's not about God, it's about us. And so we want to saturate all that we do. And part of uh, our prayer time at 9 o'clock in the morning when um, my wife was talking about the girls were noticing, well, we try to every morning at 9 o'clock 
is to pray, go into uh, one of the shops, because only the front of the shop is open in the mornings, and we go into other rooms and we pray. Pray for the girls. We pray for the shop, uh, ministry connections and stuff like that. And so, and of course, we'll be asking you to pray. But before I talk about that, I want you to look here. Uh, this is a devotional uh, I came across uh, as I was reading my Bible. You yourselves are a letter, a letter from Christ. I came across that, and wow, that just really hit me between the eyes. To think that I, as a disciple of God, am a letter of Christ to a lost and hurting world. Think about that. And it doesn't matter where you are, as I've said before. It doesn't matter whether you're in non Poland or whether you're in John Day, Oregon. Each of us, if we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we are a letter. We are a testimony of who Jesus Christ is. And that's what we're trying to be in Poland to people that don't know what it means to have a personal relationship with Him. And, and that's what we are trying to do is to Come, become their friends and to love them and be that love letter from Christ to them. And, and that's why we need your prayers. That you would be praying for us that this culture and this country that only three-tenths of one percent has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Every time that I say that, it just blows me away. Three-tenths of one percent. So there is a real need to hear the gospel and there's a real need for us to be there to be that love letter to them. So how can you help? It always comes down to that, doesn't it? When missionaries come. But first of all, as we said, pray, pray, pray. Pray for us. Pray for the ministries. Pray for the shop. Pray for the girls in the shop. Pray for those that are being saved in Poland. Now, we have a number of other people that more that we could have talked about, but we only have so much time. But God is doing great things in Poland. And we need your prayer for our wisdom and guidance and what, he, what he's trying to do, that he would open up our eyes to see what he's doing so we can work with him. And so be praying for that. Uh, another one here, uh, about the fifth one down, says, For a Polish leader for the church. One of the things as the Nazarenes, what we like to do is we like to get nationals to take over the church. We don't want to come in here as Americans and, and, and start running things and take over. And we want to get things started. We want to get things up and going. But you really need a national that will take over the church because that's really when it starts growing. When you have their own cultural people that are sold out for the gospel of God. And we, and we were so please be praying for a church leader. Someone that can come up and that we can train in leadership in our holiness denomination because we really need that. And of course, it comes down to money that it takes to keep us there. And, and we need money. And one of the things I, I spoke about this a little bit in the adult class for those that were there. But it takes money to be there. But it, at the beginning of our uh, presentation, you could see that it said um, missionary volunteers. Mission Corps Missionary Volunteers. And what that means is 
that God has put a call upon our heart. God has put a passion upon our heart for a certain destination, a certain place in the world, and that is Poland. But the thing is, since 2008 in our Nazarene denomination, uh, we really haven't been hiring full-time missionaries anymore. And what that means is um, the volunteers that go don't get a paycheck. We are stepping out on faith because we know God has called us and He will supply. And it's people like you that have supplied, that we spent our first year there, that have come and have backed us, believe in this ministry and see how um, um, great it is and how it's reaching a culture that is really staunch against any other religion. And so... It is through people like you that we get paid. We don't get a paycheck. We just uh, we use the money for living expenses. And so we can only be there as long as people from our church support us. Now that is not... Um, it goes to your 10% giving of missions, but it's not part of your missionary, uh, missionary giving for full-time missionaries. We have to raise that on our own. And we are there. And one of the things I hate to talk about is uh, support. But you know what? God owns cattle on a thousand hills. God has called us. And one of the things that I want to say to you today, and I say this probably everywhere we go, is if God calls you someplace, go. doesn't matter if it's to your neighbor next door. Or it's your co-worker. If God calls you to do something, do it. Because that's how we build the passion and the love of Christ in us. Is when we're at work with Him. We're doing what He wants us to do. And don't let anything keep you from doing it. Don't let fear, uh, fear of money, fear of ability or anything like that. Just do what He's called you to do. And I said this part in uh, adult ministries class and my wife wasn't there but she can uh, attest to this because she's the one that said it she goes you know something you're like this flatlined because my emotions don't move that high they don't go up they don't go down I'm just kind of right? she says sometimes I think you're dead I said I'm alive huh? but when I start talking about Christ and who He is, that gets me excited. When I start sharing the, the love of Christ with people who don't know Him, that gets me excited. There is nothing more exciting than being used by God to bring somebody into relationship with Him. There is nothing like it. And I've been out there and I've probably tried it all. Well, they, some people get pretty extreme in certain things. But there is nothing, and there is nothing that will excite you more than being right where God wants you to be. And you know where God wants you to be right now? John Day. God has you in John Day for a reason. But guess what? It's not about that job you go to every day. It's not about your hobbies, your hunting and your fishing and all that, you know, because I love that stuff. I, I grew, I'm from Maine. I, I grew up doing that stuff. 
God has you here in John's day to share the love of Christ with everybody you come in touch with. That doesn't mean you have to always say it. That doesn't mean you have to run your mouth. And I'm sure your pastor has said it before. Many pastors do. Francis of Assisi said, Preach the gospel always. Use words when necessary. Just live your life with the passion and the love of Christ. And I'll tell you, and I started off this whole thing with, you guys have a good name. You do. All across, I mean, I'm not sure how. I mean, people have told us, we've mentioned John Day, and they said, hey, that is a great church. So you're doing good. But keep it up. Keep doing. Keep running. Keep doing what you're doing. Share the love of Christ with those you come in contact with. And so I uh, will, coming down to the end, and I'll finish here. Can we have the ushers again? We have prayer cards. You know, missionaries always have prayer cards, right? Well, we need you to pray for us. Pray, pray, pray. Please be praying for our ministry. Uh, you can take some of these. This is our last church, so we don't have a lot left. But Thank you very much. <coughs> And I'll call the ushers back again after they hand that out because I have uh, also some other stuff to hand out. It's support cards. 